Hey, church, how you doing? Y'all doing good today? Come on, y'all doing great? Look at your neighbor and say, it's about to get good. Come on, just tell them, it's about to get good. We're glad you're here. Wow. Out of all the places I could be on the planet right now, I get to be at Liberty Church. And I believe God has something special to say to you and communicate with you. And um, this is one of my favorite places to be. I just love it here, and I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this time with you, and uh, wow. But more important, actually, than being with you, and you are special, something really great happened to me uh, actually, actually 42 years ago that I met Jesus. And um, I was 15 years old, and I met Jesus in a real way. And, um, and I'm just telling you, I've, I've been following him ever since. And it's just been a blast. It's been an adventure, and it's been so exciting. And for 42 years, there's been some ups and there's been some downs and all arounds. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But, um, but I'm just so, so, so excited. It was like this. It was like, it was like Jesus picked me for his kickball team even before he ever saw me play kickball. <laughs> like before he knew that. Like, now, he invited me to be on his team, and I had to repent of my sin. I had to say, I'm a sinner and I have fallen short, and I ask you, God, to forgive me. And then I said, God, I want to be a part of your team. I want to be a part of you now. And I had to get a new shirt. I had to get a new vision, new values, new standards for my life to be on his team. But being on his team was the goal, not just being picked was the goal. See, many people get rescued, but only a few get redeemed. I haven't just been rescued from hell I've been redeemed. I've been set apart from this world and set apart for God. How about you? You see, you see, I didn't just get a get out of hell free card and got rescued from hell. He redeemed every part of my life. And he continues to redeem every part of my life. And he puts me on his team. And I'm just so amped about that. And I've been celebrating that all these years. 40 years I've been a part of the same church. The only church I've really ever been a part of in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where all the beautiful people were from. And, uh, and I'm just so, so, so amped. And, and, and I believe God has, God's doing something with you. And, and I believe God's doing something with us. You know, now we're connected, you know, through, the, through a network, and, and, and we're connected, but I believe, I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing in our planet right now. If you look in the natural too long, you're going to get confused, and you're going to think it's not, um, you're going to think like, uh, like, hey, we're going to let the world dictate to us what we think. But we sang some great songs today about faith. We sang some songs today about, about igniting our faith, and I believe the Word of God is going to ignite you today. Amen. See, many people settle for believing rather than experiencing, faith about God rather than faith in God. They settle for a religion and a ritual rather than relationship. They settle for information rather than impartation, and they settle for church being an event we attend rather than a transformation that happens. Amen. See, I believe I'm in a place right now where there's, we're not going to settle. I believe that Liberty Church is not a settling church. It's a church that's moving forward. So how are we going to move forward? How, can, how, are, you, how are you going to move forward with one heart, one church, one vision? One church in two locations. That's awesome. Three different worship experiences. This is, this is adventuring where few dare to adventure. 
You don't understand. This is exciting. Oh, it's unnerving, but it's exciting. And, and, and it demands faith. It demands all these things. So how are we going to continue? How are you going to continue in this? Let me give you three things today. It's going to happen with the unity of heart and mind. It's going to happen with the fear of God. And it's going to happen with encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to go to the book of Acts today. Now, I've been just so into the book of Acts. Um, there's been diving in this whole year. I've been just so excited about it. And I just feel prompted. This wasn't really something I was going to share with you. But, but the last word in the book of Acts is the word unhindered. It's an interesting Greek word because typically in the Greek structure of, of, of sentences, the, the last word doesn't end like that. It doesn't end with that type of a word, unhindered. It's almost like it's, it's like unhindered dot, 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 like there's more to come. I believe that Liberty Church is some of that more to come. Amen. See, I believe that. And I believe that there's more to come. And I believe that we can go unhindered when we go back to the origin of Jesus' church in, in the book of Acts. And we begin to go back and rediscover what's in there. We can step into our future boldly with faith to experience all God has for us. So I, want, I, I believe that, that we're, we can be unhindered. I believe that with all my heart. It doesn't mean there's not going to be obstacles, because in Acts chapter 4, there were obstacles. As a matter of fact, we're going to pick it up in a place where they were threatened to stop talking about Jesus. Stop living for Jesus. Do you live in the same world I live in? Does this sound familiar to you? We're being told to shut up and be silent. We're being told that we're outdated. We're being told to just keep it in the four walls and be quiet. But I believe God's called us to be unhindered. So what happens when the world presses on us and tells us as God's people to stop it and be quiet? I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go to Acts chapter 4, verse 24, and do this. When they heard the report... All the believers lifted their voices together. Everybody say together. Yeah. They lifted their voices together in prayer to God. They didn't go on Facebook. They didn't get a, they didn't get a, a petition to sign. What they did is together they went in prayer. Together they cried out to God. Together, being unanimous, mutual consent, being in agreement, being in harmony. It's, it's a harmony that leads to action. See, you, see, see you, you got to go somewhere. That's what, that's what this is all about. We're, we're moving in a direction here. See, basically it's like this. It's like, I know you, you may have heard this verse Jesus stated in, in the New Testament. He said, if any two or three, or any two of you are gathered in my name, you know, I, I will be there. Have you ever heard that? This is what Jesus is saying. If I can get any two of you to agree on anything, I want to show up myself to see it. That's what he was saying. He said, he said because he, he, he knows Christians. Come on. He said, if I can get any two of you to agree, I want to show up myself. I want to go see it myself. Wow. Look. And then he looks at his dad in heaven. He says, look at that. They're really doing it, you know. But I believe we're in a place where we're going to be together, unanimous, that we die to ourselves and we put what we want aside. For a greater purpose and a greater cause. Right? 
That's what he's called us to here. So we're going to fast forward a couple verses here. Acts 4, verse 29. And, oh, and now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is the goal. The goal isn't to break even. The goal isn't to, to, to maintain the status quo. As a matter of fact, the only time breaking even became a goal in my life is when I was flunking out of the ninth grade. I thought, wow, if I could just get me a C, everything would be great. Okay? And I got, I got up to a C, and I thought, wow, I, I, I'm living now. That was the only time that, that average is good. But no, I won't want to do that. I want to live the spiritual life that God's created me to live. See, that's what I want for you. But in order to move forward in these three things, what we have to realize is this. We are not humans having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. See, most people go into their life, Christians, as humans, visiting in and out of a spiritual experience. Rather than saying, no, I am a spiritual being that's having a human experience. What I'm basically saying to you today is I am in a room full of superheroes. That's right. That's who I'm in a room full. That's right. Superheroes that have superpowers to bring healing and, bring, and set the captives free. Amen. That's what you're called to do. That's what you're called to be. That's what we do. This is what we do. Okay. That's, this is it. Now, most of the superheroes really are humans that disguise themselves as superheroes, but there is one, his name is Superman, that was a superhero that disguised himself as a human. And I believe we're in a room not only of superheroes, but of supermen and superwomen. I believe that. See, my wife calls me Superman. Therefore, I am. As a matter of fact, if you were to come to our, our, our home in December, you would look at our Christmas tree, and it is flooded with supermen all over it, all over the place. It's like a theme, like a couple years ago, and I was, I was opening up my gifts, and I was waiting for another Superman ornament. She says, baby, we got enough. There's enough supermen on that tree right now, okay? It was, it was beginning to be a theme tree, okay? That's what it was. But, but, but see... But see, we, we are supermen and superwomen that are spiritual, and we're disguised as humans. And when we catch this, we flip the script, and we say, listen, this is what God's called us to. And we realize that something's bigger at stake than just me, and we're filled with, we're, we're filled with power. But do you know what our kryptonite is? It's disunity. Yeah, it's discord. That's what steals the power. And if we're not careful, it, those subtle little shifts of discord and disunity come in. And they'll, they'll, they'll take away our power. And we become powerless. So as they prayed, we go on to verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preach the word of God with boldness. Are you seeing what one heart does here? Are you seeing what unity and being together does? 
They were filled. They were overflowing to capacity here. What's at stake here at Liberty Church is not me getting my own way, me getting my wishes met, me getting my way, my thing, my blessing. It's, 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 it's us-ins raising up and reaching out. Come on now. That's right. It's all of us doing this together. This is what's at stake. It's not just only about me here. So how are we going to do this? How's Liberty Church going to move forward? We're going to be united in heart and mind. Verse 32. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And check this out. And great blessing, great blessing was upon them all. How many of y'all would like to be that, experience that great blessing? Now, how many of you got too much blessing and you're trying to give some back? Come on, like, anybody here? Come on. Listen, listen, great blessing was on them because they were united in heart. They were in tune. They were going in the same way together. See, that's what united in heart is. We're going to go in the same way. This is the power that we have when I lose myself into the purposes of God. See, when I met Jesus those 42 years ago, I got a purpose on my life. He picked me. I'm on his team. And I'm moving in, that, in, in there. So basically, what I'm telling you today is you need to be in sync. That's what you need to be. Yeah. We got to be in sync, going in the same way together. Now listen, if you don't want to be in sync, then we can be in one direction. Come on, somebody. We can be in one direction. There we go. So if you want to be in sync or in one direction, that listen, either or, but we got we to get in harmony together. And we got to get in harmony because we're going to go somewhere with this. Unity isn't so we can sing kumbaya on tune. Unity is so we can accomplish something together. That's how you know you have it. United in mind is to breathe together. It's to breathe spiritually together. We didn't just come together to get information because, to be honest, I'm not smart enough to make you smart. I didn't come here to inform you today. I'm, I came here today to move and help what Pastor Keith and, and, and Kelly are doing here because I believe in it. I believe in him. I believe in their leadership. I believe in the leadership team of this church. That's why I'm here today because I believe in they're doing something great. I believe they're moving in the direction that's good. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to be a part of this? Why couldn't you be a part of this? But it takes dying to yourself to breathe spiritually together, to, to go in the same direction together. It's a unity that is both practical and powerful. That's what this unity is. It's practical that we meet needs together. We get to sacrifice together. We get to give up what we want together. And it's powerful. It's a powerful powerful thing to be a part of the living church, God's church. This word powerful, it's where we get the word dynamite. Listen, I never want to get to the place where I've, I'm, I've, I'm, a, I'm a been there, done that. I never want to get to the place, oh, I've been there, done that. Oh, it's time for somebody else to do it. 
See, listen, see, young guys come to me all the time and they say, say, Pastor, I can, I, I can run faster than you. I can beat you in basketball. I, you don't play football no more. And they're like, all this. Say, I can lift more than you. I say, yeah, that's good. You go ahead. But you know what you will never do as a young person? You will never out-zeal me. That's right. You will never out-zeal me. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen you worship with your hands in your pockets. Come on, somebody. Come on. Yeah, you want to run with me? We start at 4 a.m. Come on, somebody. <laughs> No, see, see, listen, I, I still got the fire of God burning in my heart. And that's not going to go out. I'm, not, I'm never going to be a been there, done that. I'm not going to be an overdone. I'm going to be a well done. How about you? I'm going to be a well done. That's how I'm going to live. That's how I'm, I'm never going to close my notebook because I want great blessings to be upon us all here. Our objective is clear. We're going to win souls. We're going to make disciples. We're going to depopulate hell and populate heaven. And when we lose that, when we lose the vision of one church in one vision, let me tell you what happens. Stupid things matter. When we lose the bigger picture, my little stupid stuff, it becomes more important than God's stuff. Stupid things matter. And we get fussy over all, this, all the ridiculous things. When, we, when I forget what my marriage can be, stupid little things matter. When I forget the purpose on why God put us together, two uniquely, distinctly different people. Is anybody married out there? Come on. Meant to complement one another, Right? And the first thing that goes when you, when you get selfish in marriage is you stop complimenting one another. <laughs> the same thing happens in church. We stop living our, like the diversity of gifts and the diversity of who we are. And we get focused on, on my group or my team or my campus. And we forget about the others. We forget about these things. We lose that. Unity is a gift of God given to a group of people to accomplish God's purpose and mission. That's unity. It, it's not so, unity's not the goal. Accomplish something's the goal. But the problem is this. See, see, we have a problem because we get confused between agreement and unity. We get confused on the two. We think we have to agree on everything. Let me tell you this. My wife and I, we have a lot of disagreements, but we still have unity. When we go to the grocery store, we have a disagreement. My wife, she wants to make it an experience that we do together. Me? I want to see if we can beat our time in and out from last week. So we disagree greatly. But at the end of the day, we're taking home some food. Come on, somebody. We're going to have us some unity. See, sometimes we, we, we go real slow up and down every aisle. 
and it's an experience. And I push that card, and she, she holds this right here. She looks at me and says, you're the man. I say, dang straight I am. Hmm? I'm praying in the spirit inside. <laughs> and, other, you know, and other times it's like, baby, we cannot make this an experience. Like, we're going to divide and conquer. She goes, okay, let's do it. See, there's two different ways we can do this, but at the end of the day, we're going to get food. We're going to have us some unity. When we drive, we have disagreements. She says, I want to get there so fast and slow down. And why am I driving like that? She used to say all the time when we had kids, she said, there's babies in the car. My babies are in the car. That's what she'd say to me. Now, when she drives, it's like, it's like baby, you're, you, you don't have to use the brakes so much. See, we have disagreement, but we have unity. We're going somewhere. See, the same is true in church. We can disagree on the carpet. We can disagree on the songs. We can disagree on the songs, but we're going to worship. Right? We can disagree on the color of T-shirt that we have. But when it comes time to wear them, I don't care if it's in your color palette or not. Put the T-shirt on. Y'all with me now? Y'all with me? Like, like we're just going to do it, you know? See, we can, we can disagree, but we're going to have unity. And at the end, we're going to be unanimous. We're going to have mutual consent. We're going to have a harmony that leads to action. Amen. That's, right. Amen. That's what we're going to do. So no matter if you're, you're Holly Pond or Arab or a, a campus or, or, or wherever else, listen, we're going to be one. Well, well, why do they get the new projector? Why do they get projectors and we don't get projectors? Because they need one. And if you needed one, we'd get you one. See, like the, again, stupid things matter when you forget the bigger picture. Are you, are you with me? It's, it's not one-upsmanship. It's not one like, like or, or, my, my small group's getting bigger than the other small group. Look at us. That's not the goal. The goal is that we go somewhere with this. But see, this is a key. We have to be willing to yield to the Holy Spirit. We have to yield. Have you ever seen a yield sign? What we do is you've got to see the direction of traffic Right? And then you got to get moving. And then you got to find your place in the flow of traffic. Now, see, some people get to the end. They, they, they don't like to yield to the Holy Spirit. They don't like to yield here. They get to the end of the ramp, and they want to pray about it. No. See the flow of traffic. See where God is taking us. And then i got to find my place in the traffic. Because when you get to the end of the ramp and you go, I just don't like where this is going, and you go the other direction, it's not going to be good. But that's what people do all the time. They get to the end of the ramp. They go, I, just, I think I'm going to go the other direction. It's like, no, that's not, that's not good. That's not pretty. And some people get to the other ramp and they just stop. God bless them. One and all. 
No, we got to find our place. And we move in the direction. And when we all move in that direction, you know, I, don't, I just think the traffic's moving too fast. There's times when the traffic moves too fast. I think the traffic's going too slow. I think the church is moving too slow. I think the church is moving too fast. I think the porridge is too hot. I think the porridge is too cold. There's always going to be porridge that's too hot and too cold. But we got to find the direction and go. Being united in heart and mind. It brings power. So one church, one vision requires one heart united in heart and mind. Let's go to the second one. We're going to go to Acts chapter 9. Fast forward a couple chapters in the book of Acts. And the church had peace throughout Arab and Holly Pond. And a couple other places too. Namely, Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And it became stronger. How many of y'all want to be a part of a strong church? Yeah, see, if you want to become stronger, this is how they became stronger. As the believers lived in, lived in the fear of the Lord and encouragement of the Holy Spirit. So if we want a strong church and we want to go somewhere with this and you want to accomplish what God's asking you to accomplish, we need the fear of God and we need the encouragement of the Holy Spirit in addition to our united in heart and united in mind. Right? This is what we need. So what? So, so we're going to be built up. We're going to move together. We're going to, we're, going to, we're going to see where God's taking us here. We're going to exercise these things. The fear of God is used 300 times in the Bible. 300 times. You think just maybe God's trying to get our attention. You just think maybe. Just think, just, just throw out a wild guess. So here it is. So what's the fear of God? I'm going to give you the simplest definition I know of the fear of God. Simplest one I got. It's to love what God loves and hate what he hates and know that we're going to stand before God and give an account. That's the fear of God. That's the simplest I can explain it. I'm going to love what he loves, going to hate what he hates, and I know that someday I'm going to stand before God and give an account. That, my friends, will bring the fear of God. That, that elevates the standard of any church. But it says they were grow, growing stronger in it, loving what God loves. Whatever he loves, we love. Whatever he hate, hates, we hate. This is going to be our, our, our insignia here. But we got to beware of the drift, the subtle change, the subtle pull. This is what the world wants us to do right now. The world is trying to get us off purpose. The world is trying to get us off point. Telling us we're outdated. Telling us it doesn't work. Telling us that when you're a follower of Jesus, it's the worst thing that you can do. This is what I tell people. Tell me, would women be more honored, more valued, and more taken care of if men would treat them with value 
and respect and dignity and honor and not take advantage of them sexually. That they would love their wives with the fear of God. Would that be better or worse for women? See, the world's convincing people they're worse. And I believe it's better. Because the fear of God works. It works in every aspect of life. Would our culture and our society be better or worse? And we're buying into, let's just not keep the standards so high. Let's lower it. Let's, let's, let's lower all the standards. Let's get all fixated on all the wrong things. Because if you do that Christian thing, you're going to be worse off. When in every case, it's better. It's not just waiting to get to heaven better. It's better now. When I lose myself for a greater purpose, those around me are better. When I lose me in my stupid things that I think matter, I'm a better husband, a father, employee. I'm a better church member. I'm a better person. Am I right or wrong? See, this is what we should be espousing. This is what we should be talking about. This is our banner, Liberty Church. And this is what you're about. A great, great work, Pastor Keith and Kelly. This is what they do. This is the standard. The standard's the standard. And the fear of God is the standard. This is what we do. Then we also need the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Paraclesis. A calling alongside to help. So first we need one heart, one mind. Then we need the fear of God. But we need to get stronger in the paraclesis, the calling alongside of the Holy Spirit. What are we going to do that demands, in the purest sense of the word, the Holy Spirit has to come to do this? What are we believing God for that we cannot do on our own? Two campuses, three campuses, four, five? Trust me, you, you, you can't do this on your own. It demands a pull of the paraclete calling alongside. Now, notice I didn't say parakeet. But it doesn't mean we don't need to speak the same language. Because when you have the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, we do speak the same language. Do We do repeat things the same way. Why? Because it matters. It matters to God. It matters to this world. It matters to those who are far from God because that's what's at stake. It's not me and what I want because people come to me all the time and they say, Pastor, it must be nice for you to be the pastor. You get to do whatever you want. I say, you haven't been around here that long. Because if we did whatever I wanted, it would get ugly really fast. See, to be honest with you, I'm an old charismatic at heart. I would like to have, I remember worship services that didn't get going. Worship didn't get going for two hours. Y'all remember those days? Oh, those were the days. I remember days where we marched. I remember one day we have, we have doors in our sanctuary going right outside. And they said, we're going to have a march. And during worship, they'd march right out. Everybody left the auditorium. And I was on the worship team. We just stopped for a while. When they came back in, we picked it back up. 
See, like, listen, listen, see, I like it loud and wild, but we don't do what I want. We do what pleases God, what he's asked us to do with one heart and one mind, the fear of God, and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to give you some things that the Holy Spirit does right now. You're going to have to either take a picture or write it down real quick. But these are the red-lettered words of Jesus, all the, all the, the clarity of the Holy Spirit, all the seas here. What the Holy Spirit does is bring comfort. He's a counselor, confirms the words of Jesus, brings courage and boldness. He's close beside conviction in the captive set free. This is what the Holy Spirit's for. The Holy Spirit isn't just to give me goosebumps. If I get a goosebump, hallelujah. But that's not the goal. The goal is to accomplish the purpose. Are you with me now? That's the purpose. That's what we want to do here. So what are we going to continue to do to see the encouragement of this? This is what we're after. This is what a, a empowered people look like. Are you with me? Do you know what this is like? This is like um, driving on the other side of the road. One year ago today, our oldest daughter got married in St. Thomas. And it was, it was beautiful. I was looking forward to it. But what I was so nervous about was when you get to St. Thomas, you have to drive on the left. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to you, but I was anxious. As a matter of fact, I got off that plane. I was determined I was going to get this right. We got in our rental car, and I'm like, I'm like okay, I got this. What was so funny, the, the rental car we got into, they apologized because the whole right side of the car was completely damaged by the person who had it before us. He's like, wow, that's interesting. They go, oh, it happens all the time. Thanks for that vote of confidence. So I got in that car, and we're, got, we're cars full, and I'm driving, and it's just like people are talking to me. It's like, don't talk to me. And for me to say don't talk to me, that's a lot. And I was so focused. Every intersection, I stopped. And I was focused. How do you make the right? Okay. Stay on the left. Stay on the left. Stay on the left. Stay on the left. Okay, let me make a left turn. Okay. I had to retrain myself how to think. And if Liberty Church is going to achieve everything God has for you, you have to learn how to drive on the other side of the road. Because this world wants you to drive the same old way. But every intersection, every decision, everything is like, let's think through it. Because you know what would happen? I'd get distracted. I'd naturally start drifting over to the right again. This is what happens in our Christian lives. We naturally drift unless we focus on being one heart and one mind. Unless we focus on the fear of God. Unless we focus on the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand to your feet with me today? So this is the deal, church. What are we going to do? Why am I saying all this? I want to let you know I never gambled, never played cards, never did all those crazy things like that. But this is the deal. This is the deal real quick. I don't know a lot, but I do know this. When you take all your chips and you push them in the middle, that means you're all in. I don't know a lot, but I do know that. When you don't hold back anything else, you just, you just say, I'm all in, taking everything I want, and I'm pushing them into the center. 
for a greater cause. I want to let you know it's a sure thing. Jesus is coming back for his church. He's not coming back for me as an individual, not coming back for you even though you're so special. He's not doing that. He's coming back for us. He's coming back for his church, a victorious church. And so I'm asking you, are you all in? I mean, maybe it's just a time to revisit because it, we got two, two campuses going on and a lot of decisions and a lot of things, you know, can shake up and change and do. And three years you've been doing that, but like, we're not just going to drift back into the right lane. We're going to stay in the left lane. But this is the question. We got to ask, you got to ask yourself, what do you want Liberty Church to look like in 2030, 2040, 2050? And are you committed to that church, to you committed, to united in heart and mind. Well, they look back on us in 2022, say they were committed. They were all in. They gave everything they had for the purposes of God. I don't know where you are today, but maybe if you're not a part of the church, I'm inviting you to become a part and function, action, a functioning part, discovering your purpose. Are you be, be a part? Why wouldn't you want to be a part? Best decision I ever made in my life was to be a part. Best decision. Made a decision. I'm not leaving unless they start preaching heresy or do something crazy. They, 40, 40 years later, here I am. Are you with me? Heavenly Father, I pray for this great group of people right here. I ask you, God, just to Ignite them, Lord God. Ignite their faith once again. Ignite their hearts once again. Ignite them, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Let this be an all-in church. And if you're here today and you're just saying, I, I just want to recommit to be all-in, just raise your hand. It's just, you to, this, are you saying, I just want to get you challenge me. I just want to recommit to be an all-in. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you real quick. Real quick. Just keep your hand up. I just want to pray for you real quick. Who am I praying for? Thank you. Who am I Lord, I pray for every person here today that's just stirred in their heart. Lord, I pray for them right now. God, let this be an all-in church. Let this be a place where we die to ourselves for a greater purpose. In Jesus' name, Lord. God, lower your hands. Last thing I want to do with you today is this. If you're here today and you don't have a day, a moment, or a time when Jesus Christ became the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future, where you said, I'm a sinner, I've missed the mark, I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me. And then I ask you, Jesus, to be the leader of my life, forgiver and leader. If you don't have a day or a moment that that's happened, there's a good chance it didn't happen. So I want to offer you that today. I want to offer you an opportunity to receive God's forgiveness and leadership. Why wouldn't you want to be a part of Jesus like this? If you don't have that day or time, I just want to offer you it right now. So in this moment right here, hearts beating fast, palms sweaty. Oh God, what do I do? I just want to say if that's you today and you want today to be your day where you begin that relationship, I want you to boldly just lift up your hand. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Anybody in the house today that just says, you know, I want today to be my day. I want today to be the day. May 1st, 2022 is my day. Is there anybody here? Just say,
saying, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody? Keep your hand up. Real proud. There we go. Keep your hand up. Now, if you raise up your hand, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you raise your hand, somebody's going to come up behind you. They're just going to give you, they're going to give you some information. They're just going to help you take your next step with God. That's all they're going to do. They're just going to help you do that. So keep up your hand real high, real high, real high. Anybody else? Anybody else? Somebody's just going to come up. They're going to give you some info. They're going to have you fill it out. They're just going to have you so we can pray for you. We can believe God for you. And then you can learn what your next steps are. Father, I thank you for this great, awesome church. I pray, Lord God, that they would continue. I pray a blessing upon this place, a blessing upon this house in the name of Jesus. Let's give Jesus a great big hand. I love you. You're great. Pastor Keith, come on. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, somebody, give the Lord one more shout of praise. Amen. If you raised your hand today and made that decision to accept Christ, we want you to know we are here for you, and we're going to walk with you through this journey. And uh, we would love, we would love to uh, talk with you after service today and just let you know what an honor and joy it is for you to be a part of the kingdom of God. How many of you are thankful today that, uh, that we're actually better together? Amen that we are better together, and uh, as Pastor Rick was preaching, I just thought about how 24 years ago, Kelly and I, before we opened the doors of Liberty Church, and God began to stir this vision for what we are here today, uh, that we made a decision 24 years ago that we're going to be all in, that we're here, and, and what I didn't realize 24 years ago that I've realized over the years is that 24 years ago when we made a commitment to be all in to God's vision and God's mission for Liberty Church... We actually made a commitment to be all in for each and every one of you today. Amen. And I just want you to know we're all in for you. And when you commit to the vision of God, you're committing to something so much bigger than yourself. And you get to be a part of the kingdom. And it's not just the spiritual vision out here. It's a reality that, hey, I'm all in to the kingdom. And I'm all in to that person on your right and that person on your left. You made a commitment when you said, God, I'm all into your kingdom. You made a commitment to that person. Whether you agree with them or disagree with them. Whether you look like them or don't look like them. Whether you even know their name. That's what it means to be all in. And to be a part of something so awesome called local church. <laughs> How beautiful it is. How many appreciate Pastor Rick being with us today? Come on, let's give him one more round of applause. We love you, sir. Thank you so much.